0: Hi, beautiful angels, beans of life. Welcome to today's episode. So today I'm gonna to be talking about retroactive jealousy and overthinking. So I will explain a bit more about that in a sec. But this is probably one of the most common forms of jealousy. Now, I did my a podcast ages ago I think it was the third episode I ever released which was on overcoming jealousy and I spoke about all different kinds of jealousy I spoke about direct jealousy where you know you are directly jealous of someone's looks or success or partner or whatever and then I spoke about indirect jealousy that's more so if it mostly occurs with your partner and you're jealous of maybe um, people texting them or people commenting on their you know, photos or whatever. And then retroactive jealousy, which is where you're jealous of things that have occurred in your partner's past. So someone's past relationships or someone's past experiences. Normally it's with relationships. And I kind of skimmed over that retroactive jealousy, but I find that I get a lot of questions in the Facebook group. And then I also get DM'd a lot of questions. I often don't get time to get back to everybody. Um, but these questions do stem around this whole concept of retroactive jealousy. So I thought I would go into it a whole lot deeper. And retroactive jealousy ties in very heavily with overthinking. So even if you yourself might not have retroactive jealousy, the tips that I give you here might be able to help your overthinking in other areas of your life. But I would go so far as to say that most, but definitely not all versions of overthinking have to do with things in the past, things that you can't control and often things about people around you, which of course are things you can't control. Like, oh, my partner might be doing this. Are they doing this? What are they thinking? What are they saying? What's happening? What did they do? Was it better? Was that? Was their ex better? All these things. And it's kind of like spirals down into really kind of um, compulsive thinking. And you'll start to understand why certain kinds of retroactive jealousy also can lead on to obsessive compulsive disorder kind of thoughts. And I'll explain that a little bit more. I'll go into that a little bit more later on in the episode. So it's going to be a very juicy episode. There's a whole lot of content that I want to get through, a lot that I want to talk about. And um, yeah, I think it'll be a good time. Um, little update for the week Uh, I was on Lucy and Nikki's uh, podcast, their first episode back for the year. Uh, If you guys want to jump over to the Happy Hour podcast and listen to that, it's all about goal setting and all of that in 2022. Um, Some of the stuff is similar that I mentioned in my first episode back, but there's also different things that we discuss and we talk about how the the girls are going to action their goals and stuff like that. So if you're interested, um, jump across to their podcast and listen to that. Um, Apart from that, I'm really just trying to sort my shit out for the year. There's a lot going on. I'm finalizing the designs for the merch. Finally, I think you guys are going to love it. And I'm starting off with just a few pieces so I can just, you know, get it done, get it made and start putting it out there. And then as I gauge how the sales are going, depending on different styles, I'm going to start adding more and more to the collection because there's so many things that you guys have requested for merchandise. And I think it's going to be quite fun and exciting kind of venture, side venture for the business that I've got. So Yes. Apart from that, that's pretty much it. Nothing else is going on really. So let's not bang on about that. And let's get straight into today's episode, retroactive jealousy. So the first thing we're going to discuss and go into detail is what is exactly what is retroactive jealousy. So it's when you are jealous of someone's past relationships. It's it's when you're in a relationship and you are jealous of of your partner's past relationships or past one night stands or past experiences. So it's this kind of compulsive thinking that gets you down into this kind of overthinking loop that's really hard to break. And pretty much the only way to break it for most people with retroactive jealousy is by seeking, you know, validation or seeking evidence uh, from your partner Uh, And then when they give you that validation, you feel a sense of relief. It feels really good. Okay, no, no, that makes sense. I feel good now. But it puts a massive strain on the relationship because it ends up being a loop and every time the partner tries to soothe these uh, these um, you know spiraling thoughts of yours they're actually enabling this behavior okay because the only way to actually curb your retroactive jealousy is from within it's from within your within your own thoughts your behavior what you do about it when you start to spiral it's not by going to your partner saying did you love them more than me i want to, how, do, how do i know that you love me more and then them being like i need to prove it this is how i love you more this is whatever blah 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 okay it stems from fear all sorts of fear fear of abandonment fear of rejection fear of betrayal fear of being ditched for someone else fear of being compared to someone in their past um it's it could also be the fear of their behavior cropping up again say your past you, you know for a fact that your current partner, the reason that their last few relationships broke up or their last relationship was because they, were, they cheated on their partner. So you might think, okay, oh my God, oh my God, what's different about me? How is this going to change? That could also kind of flow into this retroactive jealousy because you keep thinking about their past that you weren't really involved in, so you don't really know about it. So it's like it's making your head cave in kind of thing. When fear is the driver – Feeling the feelings are gonna be anxiety, jealous, and of course, jealousy, and of course retroactive jealousy. And possibly for some people, even you know, depressive thoughts as well. So it's a really hectic alarm bell that's not needed in a way to protect yourself from these things that you're fearful of. So it's almost like your subconscious is being like, you should be aware of this, you don't want to get hurt again. This person did this in their past, this person might still love their ex get your walls up, you don't want to get hurt, protect, 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 protect. Okay, It's like your brain's always trying to convince you that if you were to let your walls drop, you could just be hurt in a way that you'll never recover. That's kind of what your subconscious is telling you. So it's making you stand at guard at all times, freaking out. But of course, if you really think about it logically, what's only happening is that you're ruining the now. You're, you're potentially ruining the relationship without even meaning to because you're clinging onto it so much when ironically, the less stress you have around the relationship, the less fear you have around losing them, the more chances of that relationship succeeding because you're calmer, you're happier, you're more enjoyable to be around, that your partner is more enjoyable to be around. and That's what's going to make a happy relationship. And on a side note, what's really what I think most people need to really get clear on, whether you're in a relationship or whether you're not in a relationship, you need to be okay with the relationship breaking down and you being alone. Your biggest fears are gonna stem or are going to like uh, exacerbate and be massive. If you think that the worst case scenario is being alone, that's when you're going to have all these toxic behaviours crop up in a relationship because you need to cling on to them. They can't leave you. I'm going to emotionally blackmail you. I'm going to make you feel guilty. I'm going to do everything in my toolbox to make you stay with me because the worst possible possibility for me would be to be alone. That's such a dangerous place to be in. You have to get to a place where you know for a fact that you would be fine If you were alone and I'm not saying don't give a fuck about your relationship, you can care for your, you can be as in love as you've ever been. You can care for this person more than you've ever cared for anyone, but you have to know that you're not going to die and life can still be great. If they left you, you'll be heartbroken for a little bit. You definitely have to go through a healing process, but you're not going to die. You will be fine. You know, if you can start to learn to start thinking those thoughts more than thinking that these catastrophic thoughts that you can't even fathom being alone, because if you actually fathomed it, you'd realize it's it's not that bad, but you can't fathom it, right? So then you start getting really, really toxic in your behaviors and you start getting terrible anxiety, all these fearful thoughts, because you haven't stopped taken a breath and thought I'm actually not going to die if I'm single. It is okay. It's not the end of the world. So I need to raise my standards for my own thoughts and for what I'm prepared to put up within a relationship. Because the more willing you are to be single, the higher your standards are going to be for yourself and for the people that you date. And I do understand that this does stem from this pressure that everyone has, women especially, but everyone to an extent, of you... Part of the, the milestones that you have to tick off in your life are being in a relationship. So I understand that people feel the pressure. So they, a lot of people feel incomplete until they are in a relationship. So a lot of that fear stems from I'm not complete. I'm not viewed as complete because I have not found a partner. So there is a lot. There's a lot of layers behind this desperation to have a partner. So I do understand that people aren't just being psychos for no reason. But you've got to kind of try and crack that. And break away from that idea and one of the best ways of breaking away from that idea is to check how you view other people do you think that other people kind of are like oh she's she's 35 and she's not settling down is that your mentality as well because if it is that's why your fears are so big about not being in a relationship or about potentially um someone cheating on you or you being dumped you know so you've got to pay attention to how you judge And if you are someone that judges and who also has that mentality of people have an expiry date, people need to be in a relationship, that of course you're going to feel that way. And of course your fears are going to be heightened than someone who's a free spirit and someone who's thinking, you know what, you do you. Being single until you're, like hypothetically, if you were single to the rest of your life, I don't think that you're less valuable than someone that's got a partner and children. You have to adopt that mentality in order for you to genuinely also feel okay and also feel less judged, okay? Okay. Now let's actually get into more of retroactive jealousy. So firstly, I want to make it clear that I'm not talking about you dating someone who's a dodgy cunt, who's shady, who's inappropriately messaging people, who's, that's, that's not what this episode is about. I'm talking about healthy relationships where you overthink and go into these kind of spiraling thoughts about their past that is what I'm referring to. If you want to talk about dating people that are inappropriate or assholes, I've got a whole plethora of episodes on that. Okay. So go and look at those episodes about toxic partners and see if you can identify behaviors. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about your partner being just a good person and you spiraling about their past. Now, It's this whole idea of intrusive thoughts. You're always in investigation mode. You're an amateur investigator. You're constantly seeking reassurance from your partner. It's compulsive and intrusive thoughts. And the only time that you can calm down is when your partner reassures you. But you have to realise, the first thing you need to realise is this has nothing to do with your partner. Okay? It is in the past. And even more importantly, it is in their past their past that they are entitled to have. You wouldn't be with your partner today if it wasn't for their life experiences and their journey that they've been on to get them to the place to where they are to get today, to, to get them to the place to, to become the person that they are, right? You might not even be... A, attracted to this person if they hadn't had the experiences that have formed their personality to be who they are today okay so everyone is entitled to their past you are entitled to yours and your partner is entitled to theirs you can't start kind of you know trying to make that person feel bad about things that occurred in their past because it's not on you to do that it's done. It's in the past. If you're so unhappy with what they did in the past, maybe you shouldn't be with them. But your role in a relationship is not to drag them through the dirt for something that happened in their past, even if they cheated on their partner. That's between them and their ex. Nothing to do with you. So why are you doing this? It could be because you know that they cheated in the past or that they were a massive player and never really could settle down but now they're dating you so now you're maybe fearful that you're like, well, you know, is this a temporary thing because I know your behaviour in the past. Um, It could be that you know for a fact that they were absolutely heartbroken because their ex dumped them. And you think maybe they're not actually over that person and I'm the only alternative for them. But if they had the chance, would they go back to their ex? And so you have those thoughts. Or maybe they've got kids with someone. So they're always going to have a bond with the co-parent of their children and you've got this jealousy of like, but what was it really like? You've got all these experiences that I was never a part of and they're still in your life. So I don't know all these things that you shared and now I'm going insane because you guys are still in communication. One of the reasons that you could be feeling retroactively jealous is or let's call another way of referring to retroactive jealousy is rj so i might like interchange in, interchange me calling it rj or retroactive jealousy so another way you, another reason you could be feeling this is because you don't understand their past they might have done something that in your upbringing you would have absolutely never done and you don't agree with it and because you don't agree or understand it you're constantly seeking um information about it from them you want to know more you want to know why they did what they did uh it could be um, a need for control if you don't have control in a lot of areas in your life if you feel that things are out of control if you feel quite insecure then you're probably going to try and seek control by wanting to know every detail about your partner's past another reason could be because and this is a big one because you tie your identity to your partner who they are what they've done you you tie, who they've dated you tie all of that into who you are as a person and your identity you then become like one with that identity so often this this is very very common with misogynistic men towards women but it can happen in all kinds of relationships it's you see it it's the guys that see a woman as a possession like you represent me and if you've slept around then you're used you're kind of tainted you know they don't view you as a relationship with they don't see it as two independent individuals coming together they view it as a possessive situation and it's a one-way street so for these kind of misogynistic men, they can get very retroactively jealousy, uh, very retroactively jealous, thinking about their partner having sex with someone else because they're viewing you as a possession. They're not viewing you as someone that should be respected. They're saying, "I can't believe another man had you." Okay, so that's obviously needless to say fucking toxic, but that's a form of retroactive jealousy where they view you as a possession and you are part of my identity. So you need to tick all the boxes that make me look good. And if I am a misogynist, I'm going to think that you are a possession and you've been used by other men. It's fucked up. And in my opinion, if you're dating someone like that, don't even try and fix it. Run for the fucking hills. You're way better off being single. But anyway, that's one of the, the reasons that why, someone might be, um, why someone might have RJ. So all this causes overthinking. And it's not just overthinking in that one area. That then starts to creep and bleed into every other area of your life. You get really, everything's now stressful. You're not just like, oh, I can compartmentalize my feelings about this. You're then stressed in other areas of your life. You're not happy. You're not performing well. You're not present. Even with your, with your, when you're with your friends, you're kind of sad and anxious the whole time. You carry this with you. And the more you have these overthinking thoughts, the worse it gets. Um, often you might think a thought that makes you feel jealous or insecure um, or a deep sense of a negative emotion and not feeling good enough. And so you think about it more and more because you're trying to find more information about your partner's ex or, or past to rationalise it. So that's kind of the logic behind the overthinking. I'm trying to rationalise this awful feeling that I'm feeling, so I need to investigate. I need more information. I need to know everything about it so I can rationalise why I feel so shit. But, of course, the more you think about it, the worse the anxiety gets because you actually have no control over it. The more you think about situations that you have no control over, the worse your anxiety gets. So So you end up giving more power... To these jealous thoughts by doing the overthinking and it is possible to reduce these thoughts and in order to do that you have to be really good at um, self-awareness okay you've got to be able to identify as quickly as possible when these thoughts are happening and you have to always ask yourself is this current is this real or is this imagined okay? Because you could be thinking about something that's in the past. And I know it sounds really basic, just identifying the thought, but that is the first step. Self-awareness is the first step for anything to change. I'm going to, at the end of the episode, I'm going to go over key points of what you can, like more things that you can do to kind of break that cycle. But that is the first one. And this overthinking and overanalyzing is a fucking trap, especially when your emotions are heightened and you end up doing yourself a terrible disservice because when you're in a bad mood, when you're feeling insecure, when you're feeling really stressed and wanting to know more about your partner's ex because you're you know, fearful of whatever it is that you're fearful of, you end up having a bit of a confirmation bias around any information that you see. So you end up looking at neutral things and interpreting it as something negative or a threat. So you could look at a photo and interpret that as a threat. You could look at a comment and interpret that as something really bad when it could be something neutral with not, nothing behind it whatsoever. It could be, you know, an ex might have liked their photo and you're now interpreting that as something massive when your partner might just have an amical, amicable breakup with their ex and for them it's perfectly normal to like each other's photos. Like it might just not even factor into their mind but for you you're like – That must mean X, Y, Z, because you're looking at a neutral stimulus and your confirmation bias, because you're so stressed and anxious, is telling you a completely different story. A story that you've created in your head. So another thing that you need to ask yourself is, could this be a neutral stimulus that I'm choosing to interpret negatively? Every time you see any evidence that starts triggering these, these, um, these overthinking thoughts, you have to ask yourself, is it neutral? Can I think of this as neutral? Or is it genuinely fucked up that I need to raise this with my partner? I think in addition to all of this, a lot of people think that they are entitled to know everything about their partner's past. It's this false sense of entitlement to details that you might not be entitled to know. Someone's relationship in the past, it's not in the now. It's 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 done. It's not an open book for your perusal just because the relationship ended. It's done, but it doesn't mean that because it's done that now whenever you want it can be cracked open and every detail to be just just s- spread out for you for you to Be aware of it's it's kind of not fair because there might be certain chapters in someone's life where they want that chapter closed and it doesn't mean that they're traumatized or they're hiding something they might just be done with it and not want to like talk about it it might not even be a negative thing but their relationship even though it's ended was private and they are still entitled to keep that relationship as a closed book What if they don't want to talk about the ins and outs of what occurred in the relationship? They don't have to. It doesn't mean that they're shady and you don't want to interpret it that way. It doesn't mean that they're hiding anything. They might just be like, but it's it's fucking done. I don't feel the need to talk about this or open up about this and then you can add a whole nother layer into it and think what if they were in a relationship that was actually quite toxic and they have bad memories even less chances that that person is going to want to open up about it or talk about it when they're probably just relieved that it's done and they've moved on and now they're in a relationship that they want to be in if that makes sense so you could actually interpret them not really wanting to talk about it as a good thing instead of as a shady thing You might also feel hurt that your partner might have done certain things for their ex that they don't do for you. It could be any action, whatever it was. You thought maybe they were more generous to their ex or maybe they were more whatever it is in your head. And then you take this as evidence that they loved their ex more than they love you. But you're only seeing a small, small piece of the image. There could be many reasons why they did certain things for their ex and why they don't do it for you, such as the ex demanded that they be like that. Or that they, you know, maybe that your partner feels like, oh, I was like that in the past, but I didn't like that. So I've decided to change for my next relationship. So, or it could be a reason that you will never know the answer to. But by thinking, oh, because you did that to your, for your ex and now you're not doing it for me, it must mean that you love them more. You're kind of drawing conclusions to something that you just don't have enough evidence on and something that you don't need evidence on. If you want your partner to do something for you, That's a discussion that you have to have in the now with your partner about your relationship now. It's not, I know that you did this for your ex, so why aren't you doing it? No, it's, hey, I was thinking that I would really love it if you did this for me. Don't even bring up the past. Is this something that you'd be willing to do in the relationship or not? And make it a discussion about the now, about the current relationship. This comparison of back and forth is very, very uh, hurtful to yourself because it's causing anxiety. But it's also making your partner feel very uncomfortable because now they're in a position of not being good enough. They're in a position where like I'm always walking on eggshells because I don't know what the fuck you're thinking about something that occurred in my past. And don't get me wrong, it is okay to ask broad questions like, have you ever cheated? Why did you think you cheated? Do you think that that would be something? You know, you can have these discussions, but it has to go both ways. And it's only if you're both open to discussing it, of course. And if you're not happy with your partner not discussing it, then maybe you should reassess why you're in the relationship that you're in. If you're in a relationship where you need information 24-7 and your partner just can't give it to you, that might just be a deal breaker for you. But to put your partner in an uncomfortable position is doing yourself and the relationship a disservice. So why does it happen? So often it's fueled by a lack of self-worth or self-love. If you're always needing validation or if you're only ever feeling good when you feel better than someone else, then you're a candidate for these deep, jealous feelings for retroactive jealousy. It's an insecurity, feelings that you're not enough and needing to be validated and that you need to be told that you're better than what they had in the past or because you think that you don't know about their past that they must be hiding something from you. So that all comes down to self-worth and self-love. If you feel really good about yourself, you feel really comfortable with who you are, you know that you'd be fine alone and also with your partner, then you would be so fine knowing that they were in love in the past and they loved that person, and then it just ended. And you would be fine with that. You'd be happy to hold your own, and it wouldn't really affect you. It's only when you feel shit about yourself. So notice that everything I'm talking about always, not just in this episode, but in every episode, comes down to your relationship with yourself. You cannot work on your retroactive jealousy if you can't work on your relationship with yourself. They work together. The better you get. At working on your self love, your self worth, go back and listen to all those episodes that I've got on that. I've got heaps on self love. Um, You're gonna start to find that at the same time as you work on that, your retroactive jealousy is gonna improve massively because you start to realize that what you can't control shouldn't try, you shouldn't try to control that you're going to start to realise there's actually so much more that you can't control and you actually end up being a lot happier when you realise that's not for me to worry about, that's not for me to deal with, that I can take each day as it comes no matter where I am in my relationship and when an issue arises in my relationship, I can address it then. I don't need to be addressing issues that occurred in the past that have nothing to do with the now. And when you are insecure, most of the time a lot of people that are insecure feel that in order to feel better they have to justify it by saying oh you know that person's not really that happy or their ex wasn't really that great they were a dud or all you know like you it's this idea of I'm trying to make myself feel better and in order to do that I'm gonna throw shade on the thing or person that I'm comparing myself to. That's a really bad way of going about it because you're telling yourself that the only way you can feel good is if you can confirm that the, that the other option is bad. That's terrible. That's saying, oh, I'm just the, the, the better of the two bads. That's what you're saying to yourself because I feel shit about myself and I need that other thing to be shitter than how I feel for me to feel happy. Terrible. You don't even want to – the best way to feel good about yourself is to remove that comparison altogether. Okay, And if, if you need to feel good by making your partner feel bad for something that happened in the past or make them feel bad for having loved someone in the past, then you're never going to feel good because none of that is empowering. That's not empowering to think, oh, your ex was a fuckwit. That's not empowering. That's fucked. And you know, you're thinking, I feel shit about myself and I've just made my partner feel guilty for something that's natural, which is having loved someone in the past, having dated someone in the past. You know, do you want to date someone that's never had a relationship, never experienced love, never experienced heartbreak, has no experience whatsoever? I wouldn't. Maybe some people would. I wouldn't though. No, I want someone with life experience who's gone through heartbreak, who understands the dynamic of a relationship and can bring their knowledge to the party. That's what I want. Now, if this gets extreme, like I said at the start of the podcast, these intrusive thoughts can lead to a form of obsessive compulsive thoughts, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. It's these intrusive spiraling thoughts that you struggle to break. The more you engage in these thoughts, the stronger the thoughts become. Again, Cells that wire together fire together. The circuits that you give energy, attention, and attention to grow stronger. Okay. So it's this idea of learning to detach yourself from the need to know it's this like it's things should be especially when it comes to someone's past it should be on a need to know basis unless we're talking about something that you know a really an experience that made them grow or whatever like if your partner wants to talk about the past then i would imagine that that is a need to know thing it's they're wanting to share something about who they are that's important but you digging 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 for information for validation for for clues for hints i'm investigating no 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 no, 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 no. You don't need to. And like I said, with this confirmation bias, you're, tr- you're ultimately thinking, I'm feeling bad. I think something's dodgy. When you investigate, are you investigating for good stuff or bad stuff? You're investigating for bad stuff, right? Because you're feeling you're feeling shit, something's wrong. I need to I need to s- troll through your Instagram past and see if what photos that you had and d- did you look happy? Did this, did that? Are, are they messaging you now? You're looking for evidence to confirm why you feel so shit. So you are now creating this awful loop for yourself. So the first thing that I recommend that you do is to stop stop investigating on their social media altogether. Do not look up their exes ever. Just don't do it because, like I said, you're only looking for things that are bad. You're not looking for good things. You're not going to stumble across their ex's page and being like, what can I find to make me love their ex more? You're not fucking doing that. So why are you on the page anyway? Do you want to feel good or do you want to feel shit? Ask yourself, how am I going to feel after I've just searched through their ex's page? How am I going to feel after I've trolled through their old photos and tried to find conversations on comments of their things or, or even next level taken their phone and stalked through their DMs and tried to find old conversations? How will I feel? And the answer every time is shithouse. You're going to feel fucking shit. And then you ask yourself, do I want to play the victim here and feel shit and feel like I'm attacked when I'm really not being attacked? Or do I want to empower myself and am I serious about working on my self-love? Am I serious about working on my happiness? It's that whole Eckhart Tolle thing about giving into your pain body and choosing to suffer because you can at least relate to your suffering or take that, that that leap and go and become more vulnerable and choose happiness and choose to step away from this kind of information that's not even helpful. And most of the information is stuff that's in the past. So of course, it's going to make you feel bad if you did stumble across this really loving message that occurred in the past. So it's like, it's not saying, oh, you know, um, don't pay attention to the fact that your partner might be cheating on you. No, we're talking about things that happened in the past and in in my opinion I don't need to know that information if my partner wants to talk about it about you know an anecdote I'm more than happy to listen if my partner mentions an anecdote with their ex I'm more than happy to listen to it because it's a reality it happened in his life right but it's not me being like so um did you fight often with your ex though but and why and why Did, did did she cheat on you did you cheat on her like Need to know basis, don't need to know that information. I genuinely don't need to know that information. The more you spiral, the more you're going to try and seek things that confirm your anxious thoughts, okay? So cut it out. Stop the stalking, stop the searching, and always be asking yourself questions. How will I feel after this? Am I going to continue being the victim or do I want to empower myself? Am I ready for this self-love journey or am I not? Another thing that I'd love you to do is to put yourself in the shoes of your partner, Look at how you view your 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 exes or well, some of your exes. You don't want to be with them. You might have positive memories of them. You might even have memories with your exes that literally make you laugh out loud because they were so funny. You could have a mix of pleasant and unpleasant feelings and memories towards your exes, but you know that it's ended, okay? it served its purpose at the time and it's done. You might even have some really nice feelings towards your ex now because either they did you a massive favour, they... they were a great learning curve for you or you're still friends okay so there could be a whole bunch of reasons why you feel the way you do towards your ex but ultimately you don't want to be with them because you're now in a new relationship so now try and try and feel that way about your partner and your partner's past. You know, try and put yourself in their shoes and think, wait a minute, I also have exes. I can sometimes laugh and feel really, you know, really happy about a memory that happened. Doesn't mean I want to be with them, you know, but it is an experience that I've had. I'm not deleting all these years out of my life just because I'm with someone new. Those years have made me the person I am today. So try and think everything you feel about your past, try and do that for your partner and their past. Always, when you're feeling these thoughts, think, let's turn the tables around. If my partner was acting the way I'm acting, how fucking psychotic are they going to be? Are they going to be asking me, why, why, why do you have happy memories with your... Aunt? Why, 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 why? You know, it, it, it really helps you calm down when you fl- turn the tables around and realise that everything that you're getting upset about, or maybe not everything, but most things, you've also experienced and you also have in your past as well. And another thing that I really want you to do is don't ever use the idea of it probably wasn't that great anyway. Social media is just the highlights. They were probably faking it. It probably wasn't great. Just don't, don't. Like I said before, don't make yourself feel good by thinking that the only way you're good is if the ex was shit, okay? You should want to stand confidently in your own and you should want to, I mean, I don't know what you, how your mentality works, but I would want to think that my partner had some nice relationships in the past. I don't want to think, oh, Tyra, I want... To me, I wouldn't be happy if I knew that Tyrone had awful relationship after awful relationship. That's fucked. Why would you want their past to have been unhappy? If I knew that he had loving relationships that, you know, fulfilled him, that helped him grow, I would want that for him. I'd want that for his past. And if I found out that he had an awful relationship that was toxic, I'd feel bad. That wouldn't empower me. I wouldn't be like, ha-ha, I'm better. I'd be like, wow, that sucks that you had to go through that. That's how you want to approach it. You should maybe not to their face, but even, in, even internally celebrate the fact that they have a past and they were loved and they were able to love. It's not a bad thing that they had beautiful moments with somebody else. It's just what you're focusing on is that is now finished and now the beautiful moments are with me. And I can create more beautiful moments if I'm focusing on the now, if I'm present with them now, okay? Learn It's this learning to become detached to things that you have no control over and to things that are no longer existing, things that have ended, okay? You try and change your perspective. If you love your partner so much and if they empower you and they fulfill your life so much, don't you want them to have had a pleasant past or a fulfilling past? Try and approach it that way out of love towards your partner. Don't see your partner as a threat. If you feel threatened every time, this is not a relationship you should be in. Do yourself a a massive, massive favour and either change how you're viewing it or maybe learn to be single because you're hurting yourself and you're hurting the relationship and possibly, if not definitely, you're hurting your partner. Okay? Okay. Another thing that you could think of is if they had good relationships before me, then they must really like me. You know, if the standard was high, then what's that saying about you? That you're up to that standard. So I kind of like it in a way. I almost prefer it if they had a great relationship in the past. Now they're choosing to be with you and you're choosing to be with them. So you've both, you know, chosen each other despite having had great relationships. What does that say? that this is a great relationship or at least the potential for a great relationship. So you want to look at it. You always want to change your perspective. A neutral thing can be warped to something negative or something positive. It's what you do with that with that piece of information. You make the choice if you want to take it left or if you want to take it right. You choose. And then do another exercise if you're someone that sees photos of the ex or if you're someone that has to on occasion – you know, interact with the ex because maybe they're still friends or maybe they have children together. A good exercise to do is you can either say it out loud or you can just say it in your head. Think of three compliments to give to that person. You could say, wow, they're really funny. Or, wow, I love love their shoes. Like, it could be something so small, but it releases that resistance. You go from separation to a little bit more connected. You know, like, I love how they did their hair today. Or, that was really nice of them, how they spoke to you just then. You know, like, whatever it is. And if it's an ex that they're still friends with, I would try my best, not in a fake way. If I didn't get along, I don't get along, I'd just be civil. But I would try my best to find you know, ways of being able to have conversations with them. Find something that we can talk about. Find something that I can compliment them on to their face or have a laugh with them about something." It sounds like the most painful thing to do, but you will be amazed at how quickly that heavy feeling dissipates. It lifts off like a fucking weight that's been put on you. Bang, it just disappears. The moment you shift your perception, the moment you shift your intention of where your thoughts are going, you instantly feel lighter. You might think, I can't think of one fucking good thing to say about their ex. Find one good thing to say about them. And you're not gonna feel attacked, you're not gonna feel less, you're actually gonna feel better. You're gonna feel like, I love that I can stand in my own, that I can be who I am while standing next to someone that I can compliment, while appreciating something about that other person, whether it be something so basic as their shoes or whether it be their entire personality. I feel good that I can stand here and also say something good about someone else. You, I can guarantee you, you will never feel shitter about yourself if you give a compliment to the person that you're jealous of. I can guarantee you that, like like guarantee. And weirdly, well, not even weirdly, this kind of backs up what I'm saying the, in the, this whole episode. I actually don't really love it when the person that I'm dating slings so much shit on all their exes. I don't like it because I'm like, but yeah okay there might be the occasional psychopath who was like a fucking narcissist lunatic fine but every ex and do you have to always say awful things about them can't you just be neutral or can't you just not really bring it up that often if you hate them so much like I kind of don't like it because I think well you did love them at one point like Tyrone literally says I can't really fault my exes and I love that I'm like that's Fucking awesome that you feel that way, that you're not standing here throwing shade and hating on the people that you dated. He literally says, I can't fault my exes. I know for a fact that he loves me and he wants to be with me. That's all I need to know. You know, I'm thrilled that he had his past, that he had his relationships, and he's the beautiful person that he is today with me. You know, and I really appreciate about his personality that he's not one to throw so much shade on people that he did love at one point in his life I like the respect I really like it because it says something about his character you know he still respects the people that he dated in the past and it's done and it's a closed chapter but the respect is there I value that you know try and change your perspective about what it says about someone's character if they're able to still be Pleasant about their ex. Of course, within reason, like I said, there's the yes, yes, at times you can date fuckwits and then probably not gonna say nice things and that's okay. But try and find the good in someone still having positive thoughts about someone that they dated. I personally like it. I think it's nice. You wanna view these intrusive thoughts as things that are external to you. If you can look at a thought as something that's not you then you can start to detach yourself from the thought. And it's very—it's a very common thing in, in a lot of guided meditations, which I find really helpful, um, where you can have a thought appear and you look at – one of the ways that a lot of meditations do it is you look at thoughts as kind of items on a conveyor belt. And sometimes they drop down and you can be like, nope, nope, I'm putting you back on the conveyor belt, no. And then it just – goes if you grab that thought and then start fucking working at it working at it it's going to grow and grow and grow so that can be a good thought you can be like oh I like that thought I'll pull that one down let's like expand on this or it could be a thought that like whoa okay I've grabbed it it's not doing me any any favors I'll pop that back up so you kind of look at it as things that are passing across your awareness that's how you want to look at a thought and the more and more that you – the more often you practice that idea and the best way to do this is through meditation, guided meditations or just in silence, but if you're just starting out, I would recommend guided meditations because you're able to view it as a, a thought is independent from you. It is not you. It doesn't represent who you are. If you attach yourself so heavily to your thoughts, that's when you think this is me, this is my identity, and it's really, it's a lot harder to change it because you think it's you. It can't be changed. This is just me but anything can be changed. And the brain's constantly rewiring itself. It's very plastic. You, The brain will go wherever you guide it to go, sometimes with more resistance because it might be really set in its ways, but it can always change. You can always guide it down a different path, okay? So... Everything that I just said of all the different ways of approaching something and how you view a neutral thing, try and view it in a positive way. Try and – try and, and by positive, I'm not talking about like, oh, we're all happy, everything's – I'm saying like maybe try and find a nice thing to say about it and if you've got nothing nice to say about it, then eliminate that thought, move on to the next thought and then try that whole idea of conveyor belts and thoughts not being you. They're, they just c- cross your awareness and you grab them and you can release them as well. So do these meditations. I'm going to actually, a fun, fun fact, I am very, very soon going to be releasing something. I won't go into details, but in the next month, I'm going to be releasing something where I am going to be doing – It's a platform, long story short, I'll I'll explain it more once it's like probably in the next week or two, but it's like a platform where I'm going to be releasing guided meditations for you guys around anxiety, jealousy, stress, empowerment, self-love, all of that I will be doing. But in the meantime, there's a whole bunch of things that you can get, even for free on YouTube. There's a whole bunch of them. So like you can do um, uh, releasing thoughts meditations on YouTube and a lot will come up. So give that a go. Um, It will be very, very, very helpful to – uh, approach these these um, overthinking thoughts that come up especially in retroactive jealousy. Guys, hopefully this episode was beneficial to you and that you can actually use some of this in your own life or if you find that maybe your partner is the retroactive jealous one and get them to listen to this. You can listen to it together, give it to a friend, a sibling, whoever that you think might benefit from this information and put everything into practice. Even if you put one thing into practice, you're going to see some changes, but the more you do, the more changes you're going to see, the happier you're going to be, the lighter you're going to feel. So definitely put it into practice, give it a go. Not Not only will you feel happy, not only will you feel, you know... Your, your self-love and your self-worth will go up if you put this into practice. But your relationship will flourish. The happiness that you can experience in your relationship in the place of where all these negative conversations and thoughts were will be astronomical. It'll be amazing. And, um, and you'll have less fears of losing your partner, ironically, when you stop having these, these um, spiraling thoughts. Love you guys so much. Um, just a quick shout out to some beans around the world. I've got a few locations. We've got Detroit in the US, Providencia in Chile, uh, Istanbul in Turkey, and Buenos Aires in Argentina. Thank you, my beautiful global beans, for tuning into the podcast every single week. Love you guys so much. Thank you for continuing to spread the love and share the word. You are doing God's work. Coming from an atheist, you're doing God's work. Guys, as always, be kind to yourselves, be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone, and especially don't take shit from yourself. Donka!